All aboard the Freedom Express. Conductor Josh here. You know, if something is um, contrary to a law, then it is, it's illegal, right? Or at least that's the way that I was taught growing up. You know, that's kind of what the definition of the word means. Unless that may not be what you've been taught if you are employed by Biden's State Department. So apparently, the State Department will um, be dubbing illegal immigration. Uh, they'll be calling it by a new name. They'll be dubbing it irregular migration. Oh, okay. So this illegal activity, we can't call it illegal anymore because that's offensive and derogatory and demeaning. No, no, no. It's irregular migration now. So, um... Next time uh, I get a, a speeding ticket, which, by the way, I have not gotten a speeding ticket. But if I happen to ever, um, which I won't, if my mother is listening, I'll, I'll just tell the cop I wasn't illegally speeding. I was just irregularly speeding. Or it's like saying, oh, I just irregularly stabbed him in the back. That wasn't illegal. What a joke. Send me a question, Instagram, at Freedom Express Podcast, or email freedomexpresspodcast at gmail.com. Looking forward to in this episode, uh, we're going to look at the facts before forming our opinions. So, you know what? That's kind of a novel concept, but I don't know. I encourage you, be open-minded while we dive into this concept that I'm about to share with you. All right, so what is behind... The crazy conspiracy that is called election fraud. So there are a bunch of right-wing conspiracy theorists out there that say that Trump actually won the election. And we know that good old President Biden, who campaigned so hard, definitely won it fair and square. So we're going to go look at the evidence to prove that our President Biden won it. So let's actually look at the evidence. Also... Anybody who talks about election fraud instantly banned from any social media platform. Why is big tech so afraid of people even asking questions? We'll take a look at that. But I want to give you kind of a glimpse into my life and uh, the day-to-day -day, uh, happenings of the person that is me. So I, um, I go to church, you know, and I play on the worship team. And in, um, I play piano. And in certain circumstances, uh, in like small Bible studies with my friends and stuff, there hasn't been anybody else to lead worship, so that responsibility has fallen down to me. I and I have I've played piano, I've sang, and um, it's it's been what it is. I don't claim to be a professional musician, but it's it's fun. I have a, a good time doing it. But anyway, this past Sunday at church, after we had had an extended worship time, uh, this was after service, a lady comes up to me, and she's like, oh, wow, I really enjoyed your piano playing. You did so well, blah, uh, blah, 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 um, praise upon me. But then she's like, so do you sing and play the piano? She says, because I notice you mouthing the words up there. Uh, do, you, um, do you sing as well? 
and because I ha- I don't sing on Sunday mornings or anything like that, uh, so I um I kind of look at her and I I shake my hand, uh, kind of doing this iffy symbol, and what I was about to do was explain to her that I sometimes sing, but what happened was I don't know there was like a frog in my throat or something to that effect. Um, my throat was really dry or something, so I um I just started to speak. I'm like sometimes I sing, and she's like. Oh, she kind of looks at me with that that compassionate look. Oh, you dear thing, you think you can sing. (laughs) But I'm like, sometimes. So I don't know what happened there. She's like, oh, well, there's no evidence for you being able to sing. Speaking speaking of evidence, I I just thought that was kind of a funny story. Speaking of evidence, I wanted to uh, take a look. Is there a case for widespread election fraud because it does have to be widespread because if there're just a few happenings here or there that's not going to amount that's not going to amount to anything but it does need to be widespread is there any evidence even the most remotest chance that this could have happened so here's the evidence when it comes to 2020 election fraud in the great state of Pennsylvania. I was actually just in Pennsylvania um, a couple weeks ago when I went up to D.C., went uh, to Independence Hall as well, and it was um, Pennsylvania. Interesting place. Here are the facts about the Pennsylvania part of the election. There were 205,000 more votes than there were voters in Pennsylvania. I just want to kind of let that sink in just for a second so you can fully wrap your mind around this 205,000 more votes than voters okay well we're done talking about evidence for election fraud because that's it you know even if that were the only thing that should tell you something right there more votes than voters what do people think that means more votes than voters Anyway, that just boggles my mind. People are like, no evidence for election fraud. That singular fact, that singular uh, statistic right there proves otherwise. But anyway, let's dive in more because I have a whole page of this stuff. It just keeps getting. So there are 8,000 votes by dead people. Uh, so yeah, that's right. Your great, 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 great uncle, um, who was probably a Democrat, voted in uh, the Pennsylvania election. He probably didn't even live in Pennsylvania. He was probably encountered. Well, I I, I just about that. But there was there was a an instance where someone was twenty nine years dead, and they still seemed to cast a vote for Biden in this election. That was really interesting. So there were fourteen thousand out of state voters. So those were people who did not live in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, uh, who decided to vote there. Uh, Ten thousand illegally counted uh, votes uh, were. Re- um, they were received after election day. They were still counted for some reason. There were 60,000 ballots that were counted before they were sent off. Now, you have to kind of tilt your head, and I'm, I'm doing it right now. You just have to envision my, my head as, at a tilt with my eyebrows raised. So the mail-in ballots, they were counted before they were received, 60,000 of them. How does that even work? So is there like a time loop here? How does that work? How does that not say election fraud right there? 
there were 400,000 absentee ballots that um, suddenly appeared after the election that were uh, still counted somehow. And you say, okay, even Pennsylvania, one state, what's that going to do, Josh? Let's keep moving on. Wisconsin, um, there were 91,000 ballots put in lockboxes just around the city, uh, just around uh, the state of Wisconsin. Um, yeah, that anybody could really access if they had uh, a key or if they had a sledgehammer or bolt cutters. Anybody could really access these. So very suspicious there. There were 170,000, this is still Wisconsin, um, absentee votes. But there was no application for these absentee votes. So the people who are supposed to have cast these votes did not apply for an absentee ballot. And there are 17,000 votes cast through human drop boxes. That means your local neighborhood uh, election worker, Sue, was out there saying, Hey, will you hand me your votes for Biden over here? Lastly, in Wisconsin, there, post off there were post office workers who were ordered to backdate 100,000 mail-in ballots. That means they were received after Election Day, but they're going to put a stamp on them that says they were received before Election Day, so they're counted. Now, not only is that illegal, which, by the way, we already discussed, maybe we should call it irregular. That's very irregular. I'm sorry. Illegal, that's offensive. My apologies for using the offensive term illegal. But not only is that irregular, but it's unethical. Going against laws, these people, they were too late. And by the way, majority for Biden, overwhelming majority. They were too late. But the post office supervisors say, yeah, go count them anyway. Does that sound like election integrity to you? Let's move on to the state of Georgia. I have relatives, actually, that live in Georgia. So I have frequented there often. They live um, near Atlanta, where the source of all this conflict is in uh, the state of Georgia. So in Georgia, there's an ongoing audit going on. And it's uh, it's been going on for a little bit. They're finding a new uh, some new things. There are some uh, things that have been found in Georgia that seem to make you seem to make you wonder, was this on the up and up? So, um, the state of Georgia, the election workers won't allow signature verification in uh, Fulton County. So Fulton County is the Atlanta area. So signature verification, what that is, is checking people's signatures to make sure, oh, did you actually sign this? Was this your ballot? Blah, blah, blah. Basically saying, was this fake? No, 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 no. We can't do that. We can't check them. We they won't allow people to go in there and check them. The rejection rate for ballots was 10 times lower in Fulton County. So normally with uh, mail-in ballots or absentee ballots or anything like that, there is a certain level of human error that is expected because people, uh, they don't check this box or they don't put this, um, mark this area the right way or they forgot or they forget to vote for somebody, or they vote for uh, two different people in the same uh, in the same category. Things happen. Errors happen. And that's understandable and expected. But apparently there were no errors in Fulton County, because they rejected zero mail-in ballots. Now, that's unheard of. Not only statistically speaking, but just, just rejecting zero mail-in ballots in general. That's very suspicious. By the way, Fulton County 
heavily Democratic counties. And all, all of the counties that I talked about in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, um, all of these counties were heavily blue-leaning counties. Now, there weren't, they, there weren't these election irregularities in Republican-led uh, counties. Now, that's, that's not how it was. So that in of itself, like if there was uh, these irregularities across the board, then I would be like, hmm, red counties and blue counties having these. Uh, I would kind of see, well, maybe there was an election, but if it um, election issues, but since the party that ended up winning, supposedly, was the party that had all these irregularities, I want some questions answered. And there's a lot to go on about Dominion machines. Now, Dominion machines were uh, voting machines that were used in a lot of states that happened to turn out for Biden. Uh, but anyway, these machines, they tested them uh, after the election. And a, machine, a couple machines that they tested, they had a 93% error rate. What? What type of bogus machinery are is the U.S. government using for these elections, ninety-three percent error rate. Now, I wanna, um, I want you to answer this for me. Are you gonna use a calculator on, like, I don't know if you were still in school. Are you gonna use a calculator with a ninety-three percent error rate? Are you gonna use a lawyer with a ninety-three percent error rate? That's like getting in a taxi where the guy 93% of the time totals his car or uh, does various other um, illegal acts. Like 93% of the time runs a red light. Oh, I'm sorry. I said illegal again. Irregular acts. Irregular. I wanted to make sure I pointed out that all of these activities are illegal, that this is cheating. This is, this is not some, oh, well, it's kind of an iffy gray area, some loophole that they may have found to kind of do, deal with some of these ballots. This is wrong, illegal, unethical. These people who are propagating this are cheats, scoundrels, criminals. I want to be perfectly clear. If When this is uncovered, and trust me, it will be, when this is uncovered, it's going to be right up there with Ponzi as the biggest scheme to ever have been perpetrated on the face of the American continent. These three states that I've gone over, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Georgia, these, this is only scratching the surface. We'll also have an audit going on in Arizona that we're expecting to know more in the next couple weeks, and I'll bring you uh, the news as it comes. Uh, but also, Michigan had irregularities that we're not even able to get into. Nevada. But it's not even the combination of all these states. Just a few of these states that happened to flip blue at the last moment by the way, after election night, if just a couple of these states flipped, that would have put Trump over the finish line. And I'm, I'm hoping to give you a kind of a taste, because um, there, there's so much more that I, can't, I don't have time to dive into necessarily right now. I just want to give you a, a taste of the overwhelming nature of all the questions that need answered. So this is what it means to research something and to form your opinions based on that research. Now, if I would have researched this topic, 
and found that somebody's Uncle Fred voted three times and that was the only irregularities going on, then I would have been like, oh, whatever, Biden won, let's move on to the next election cycle. And that's what a lot of Republicans have done, unfortunately. They, they've said, oh, well, whatever, a few irregularities. A few irregularities will uh, will beat them uh, next year in the House races, but I'm here to tell you, if the Democrats cheated in 2020, then they are not going to stop in 2022 and 2024. If if you happen to think that, I'm sorry, you are completely and utterly wrong. The evidence is overwhelming, so I just presented all of this evidence. What do you think? And by the way, the same people in 2016, the Democrat media, um, went on Russia, uh, went on and on and on Russia, Russia, Russia. Trump colluded with Russia. Putin put Trump in office. Russia, Russia, Russia. And if you remember that, it was a nightmare. But those same people that went Russia, Russia, Russia four years ago, tell us to just shut up and trust the system now. Huh, what changed? Well, power, that's what changed. And you say, oh, well, we can flip that in the head now. You say, well, the election was secure four years ago, then how come it's not now? Because we look at the evidence. There was no evidence in 2016. Remember, we had a huge investigation, two years of the Mueller, uh, of the Mueller probe. And by the way, that cost $32 million of our money. Not even a political hack like Robert Mueller could find any evidence of Russian interference in our election. So don't tell me we didn't look at the evidence back then. But I'm telling you, we're not looking at the evidence now. After over two years and $32 million of our taxpaying money, we proved Russian interference false. But now with certainty, whoever says Russia, 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 we know that they are wrong. Would anything even close to that be thought of in their circumstance looking into 2020 election integrity? The overwhelming majority of right-leaning voters believe that the election was questionable. Wouldn't Biden, by the way, the president of unity, ooh, unity, want to legitimize his presidency by saying, hey, we're appointing somebody to look into this to put your mind at ease. But no, why not, you must ask? Because he's afraid of what would be found out. Because he knows that his party cheated to put him in power. He knows. So no investigation from the federal level is pursued. And, and not even is it not pursued, but it's blacklisted. And so are you, if you even dare to talk about it. Um, like if you, uh, if you try to discuss election fraud on any of the big social media platforms, such as Facebook or such as Twitter, big tech won't even let you think about posting anything related to that. And by the way, I'm still banned from Facebook. Why, you ask? Because they look for keywords in posts. That's part of the algorithm. But what keyword did they find on my account? The word freedom. 
that's what triggered them to block my account. Should that concern us? Should that concern you? It most certainly concerns me. But why, but why are you banned if you talk about election fraud? This is beyond partisanship. This is a cover-up. This is the same thing we saw with COVID, which we discuss, we've discussed in the past couple weeks. They don't want you to talk about it because they don't want anything that is contrary to their narrative. They don't want anything that is contrary to their perceived truth that they want you to believe. It's not even even close to truth. It's not even close it's it's not even close to actual truth. It's not even the truth that they believe because they know what they've done. But it's the truth that they want you us to believe. To swallow like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So yes, I'm concerned about election integrity. Yes, I'm concerned that the people in power are going to stay in power because the, uh, they have the ability to rig elections to suit their fancy. Not the fancy of the American people that originally put them there, but to suit their agendas and their persuasions. And that's what I'm alarmed about. What's that, Mr. Ronnie? Oh, most certainly. It didn't matter if it were Biden. It didn't matter if it were Bernie or anybody else. They could have put uh, Biden's cat up there, and he could have still won. Remember, Biden was in his basement for most of the campaigning year. He didn't go out and campaign anywhere, and when he did, three cars showed up. This is not the man who was going to draw more votes than any other American president ever before him. And that's also what makes me suspicious. And if it turned out that I was wrong in all of this, that there wasn't election fraud, then I'd say, all right, I was wrong. But see, they won't allow the questions to be asked. And that's why I'm concerned. All right, Mr. Ronnie, let's turn now to some of our audience questions here. We have a question from Lewis in South Carolina. Lewis asks, What subject am I looking forward to the most as I head into college? So I don't necessarily know my schedule yet, 100%. I will know this coming Monday. But, um, which I'm really excited to figure that out. I'm looking forward to a lot of my major classes because that's what I want to go into. What's um, I'm going to learn new techniques about communication. Also, I'm um, in the honors college, so I'm looking forward to uh, they have special honors col- uh, classes more based in philosophy there, and I'm really excited to having uh, deep discussions there. So the my major classes and my honors classes, things that I'm looking forward to the most. Not looking forward to language, uh, foreign language. Uh, foreign language is my weak suit, absolutely. Um, I will admit that wholeheartedly. 
it's not that I'm not going to try. I'm just not looking forward to it. Don't consider it as the most fun of all the options. Thank you for the question, Lewis. Amanda asks a question. Amanda asks, is a civil war over election fraud possible? Would there be clear territorial lines or would there be more city-based feuding? This is a really interesting question. Now, I hope nothing like this ever happens, but I think it's it's kind of um, peaks the the creative in me, the the novelist of oh, kind of weaving a, a story of some kind of apocalyptic uh, warlike event. Um, it wouldn't be good at all. I believe it would be more rule versus city in um, a lot of aspects. I don't believe it would be a north versus south issue at all, although it might lean towards that a bit more um, if something like that were to ever happen, a civil war. But I think it would be more along the lines of the city folk versus um, the country folk, um, and all the um, all of the conservatives would more than likely move out of the city into the more rural areas. Unfortunately, that's where the Democrats are pushing us. This is not legal. Oh, I'm sorry. This is, and it's not regular, to put it in terms of Biden's State Department. This is a coup against the American people, against the voice of you, the American people. And I'm not going to stand for it. Are you? And this is this is a question that I've I've been puzzling with. Where is the line on this? If people have seized power and our systems of justice aren't able to reach to them because they're so enshrined by corruption, encased in corruption, what do we do then? Do we sit back and say, oh, it was a nice country while it lasted? Or do we make a stand? I'm asking you. Send me a question. What would you do if it reached that point? Would you make a stand for truth, honor, and righteousness? Freedomexpresspodcast at gmail.com and at freedomexpresspodcast. Make sure you send me a question. What do you think? Would you make a stand? All right. Thank you so much for the questions, uh, for the questions, Lewis and Amanda and if you'd like to answer any of my audience questions ever, give me your thoughts on them. Make sure you send in a question there. Well, sorry this episode got out a little bit on the later side. I've been working my tail off a bunch uh, with my golfing job and um, got hit uh, with golf clubs by kids this um, past couple weeks. It's been fun, though. So sorry about the lateness of all of that, but I'll be sure... Um, but I'm going to renew my commitment to always bring you quality content with that Josh Flair. Yeah, I'm going to regret saying that. Okay, well, I'm going to end this before I embarrass myself anymore. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Freedom Express. <laughs> <laughs>